This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And then here's where a lot of people get stuck. Okay, when is my list big enough to actually pull the lever and start activating and start selling to them? It's really gonna go back to your sales goal. It's just math, right? And I'm not good at math, so I understand how this part is scary, but it is just math. Listen, so let's be honest, the digital products industry or e-learning industry is all the rage right now. Some experts are predicting that by 2025, the total global e-learning market is expected to reach $325 billion. So if you're listening to this episode or you're watching this video, chances are you want a little piece of the pie and that's pretty natural, right? I'm a big believer that having both a service that you can offer as well as a digital product is a good way to future-proof your freelance career. Meaning that, you know, when times get tough for service-based clients, you always have that digital product running in the background and vice versa. If your products, your digital products aren't selling, having a service that you can flip on is really, really helpful when you need it. Now I have launched several digital products, several of which have went on to become five or even six figure digital products. And I wanna share with you the full story on how I was able to create those and make them successful. This is probably going to be one of my longer episodes. I'd be shocked if I can get this one out in 30 minutes, but we're gonna try. So full warning, grab your tea, grab your snack, and let's hop in. Okay, so this is the tip that's going to make half of you love me and half of you hate me. But listen, you can't make a three-figure idea into a six-figure product, right? You have to first come up with a six-figure idea. I'm gonna teach you some marketing tips, I'm gonna teach you some strategy for selling and all of that, but at the end of the day, if your product isn't good, if your digital product isn't something that the audience you're trying to sell it to really feels like they need or wants, it's just not going to perform the way that you want it to, right? So I think Sarah Blakely says this the best, and I'm going to super paraphrase here. I saw her at a conference back whenever we went to conferences, I think in 2019, and she just really, I loved what she had to say about six-figure ideas. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but she basically said that all of us have multiple six or even seven-figure ideas inside of us, the difference between six-figure and seven-figure businesses and those ideas is those people just acted on them, right? We, I mean, I think of things all the time that I'm like, oh my gosh, this would probably like make me really rich if I knew how to create this random product, right? So, you know, write your ideas down. When you get a cool idea, write it down and start testing it and start researching it. But another thing I like that Sarah Blakely says is to not give it away when it's in its infancy. This is a quote. She says, ideas, even million dollar ones, are most vulnerable in their infancy. Don't share them with too many people. However, don't hide your plan from people who can help you move it forward. When I had the idea for the social media management toolbox, I didn't tell anyone about it, not even my team, until we were in 
let's build this mode. I did a lot of research. So I would, you know, ask around, I would ask questions about what people were struggling with. I'd pay attention to the DMS that I was getting and the comments that were coming in on my YouTube channel, but I wasn't directly saying, what if I named it this? What if I gave you this? You know, I was just kind of sleuthing on the fly there. That's the hard part. That's the part that I really can't teach you a formula for because it has to do with your creativity, your originality and what you have to offer the world. So take that for what you will. Now, the next thing you want to do is decide on the format of the product. Now there are a ton of different digital products that you can offer. I would say the most popular and the ones that I'm the most familiar with are evergreen courses. And those can be formatted multiple different ways. You can have a slideshow with, you know, voiceover talking over it. You can have all videos. You can have a mix of slides and videos. You can do audio. You can do just like coursework. So, you know, worksheets and workbooks and things like that with maybe a little bit of guided instruction. So that's going to be an evergreen course. I have one of those called the freelance social media management roadmap. That's kind of where I recommend people start. If they're like, I want to be a social media manager, but I don't really, I'm not really totally all in. I don't really know what all goes into this. It's nice. It's evergreen. It's self-paced. People can go through it at their, on their own time. And, you know, I created it once I go through an update every year and that's kind of how it goes. Now you could also choose to do a live course, a live course or a cohort based course would be, you know, you teaching material, but you're actually getting on to maybe a live zoom call, or maybe it's even in person or something like that. Similar thing. Maybe you do slides, maybe you do worksheets, but you're actually instructing and kind of coaching throughout the course as well. That is my social media management accelerator, more programs like that to come because I just find them so unbelievably fun for me and value for you. So that is definitely something that I will continue to do moving forward. Stay tuned. You could also do templates. That's what the social media management toolbox is. So I developed a bunch of templates that I use in my business and my social media management business, you know, and I made editable templates in Canva, in Google Sheets, Google Docs, uh, PowerPoint, things like that, and sold those. I did a couple of quick videos just to explain how to use the templates, but for the most part, it's like a template pack. You could also do something like journal prompts or stock photo packs or guided meditations. I mean, these are all ideas, not ones that I've done, but those are all ideas that I've seen or that you could totally implement on your own. Basically, it's going to be something that is repeatable in a way that you can package together your services into a product based offer. Now, what I'll say about format is I don't think that there's one that's necessarily better or worse. I think it depends on what your audience needs. And I think it depends on your strengths as well. Like I said, I really love teaching live courses. I'm just very comfortable in that environment. My, my old dream job and still kind of my dream job, I still want to do this at some point in my career was to be a community college professor. So like, it's very, very fun and exciting for me to teach in that way. Other people really do truly want that like life by the beach lifestyle, that four hour work week, where they are, you know, hanging out and living their life, traveling a lot. They're not tied to their computer all the time. So maybe evergreen is really the way that they want to go. That's what fuels them. So it really does depend on what you want to do, but also how your audience takes in information, which is going to tie back to your idea. So just decide on that, take some time to think about that and decide on what's going to work for you. Next step is to just get focused and just do it. Okay. This is one of the things that I, I see a lot. I hear a lot from people asking me for advice 
advice is people just get really stuck on the overthinking phase of creating a course. And I, I totally understand that. I'm not trying to be negative about that. I mean, it's hard, like, especially if you build it up in your mind of like, oh, this has to be a six or seven figure launch or even a five or a four figure launch. I can totally get how that pressure gets to you and kind of stagnates you, but you honestly just have to do it. Just get something done get something out there. What I always tell people is that nothing is ever final. I mean, you can always go back and update your course. You can always go back and revise and relaunch if your launch didn't go well. There's so many things that you can do and I have done all of them. My first course I created, I mean, it took me a while. I definitely put in time and effort to it. But when I look back at those slides now, I am so embarrassed by it. I'm like, what in the world was I doing? But I did write by those students. Uh, first of all, they enjoyed it still, so keep that in mind. And second, I did write by them and I go through and update it every year. So now it is this version that has, you know, went through several iterations, several improvements, and just has more and more value. So, you know, you can always update, just go through and do the dang thing. What I start with is I start by mapping out my modules. So let's say you're doing a course on recording a podcast, let's just say. Um, so I'm gonna start by mapping out the crucial overarching kind of themes or steps that are gonna go into that. So maybe it is, you know, planning your episodes, maybe it's launching your podcast, and then maybe it's marketing and getting guests and things like that. Okay, so those are gonna be your modules, those key big ideas, like those big meaty topics. And then from there, you're gonna go into your lessons. So within launching, you're probably gonna have a lesson on getting your podcast set up on Apple Podcasts, getting your podcast RSS feed. Uh, I really don't know all the technical stuff about podcasts. This might not be making all that much sense, but you get the idea. Maybe under marketing, you're gonna have social media marketing. You're going to have you know, uh, networking in Facebook groups. You're gonna have email marketing, right? So you're gonna have these different lessons within these big overarching themes. So that's what modules versus lessons are. And actually I have a download that I had created back when I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. And I will go ahead and leave that as a freebie in the show notes and description box of this episode. So you can go ahead and download that if you're interested. And it's really simple, but it just helps you map out those modules, those lessons. And then I also have a couple of other tabs on there. First for downloads or you know extra materials. So for example, maybe you would have a marketing template or something like that, marketing workflow template within that marketing module where you're gonna help people figure out which platforms they should be on. Or maybe there's going to be a download, like a sample guest invitation script. You know, here's how to invite people onto your podcast, things like that. Now, not every single module and lesson might have a download with it. That's totally up to you. I don't for every single module, but I mean, I guess I would say probably every, every module probably has one. And then I also have a column on that sheet for marketing. Now, something that a lot of people do is they will leave the marketing thought thought process until the very end. They won't start thinking about marketing until it's time to actually go to market. And I have found that it works so much better when you bake your marketing into the course creation process. So what I mean by that is, 
you know, you might decide to do a YouTube video. Let's say that you're me or I'm, I'm the one creating this podcast course. Well, my biggest platform and my platform where my audience is the most engaged is YouTube. So I'm going to be planning out YouTube content for each of these modules as well, where I'm almost kind of teasing the course. I'm not giving everything away, but for that marketing module, I might plan to do a, a, a 10 minute YouTube video that kind of does an overview of marketing for podcasts. And then I'm going to remember to make sure to introduce the course at the end and explain that we go into much more detail and I have all these downloads and you get this awesome community and things like that if you join, join the course. And so that's going to help you. We're going to come back to, to this idea a little bit later because you really want to start shifting your content in the gear of or in the direction of your course when you're getting ready to launch it. Okay, the next thing you'll wanna do is test it. Test your course before you put it out into the world. If you have the time, if you have the ability to, I've done this and I haven't done this. And I will say doing it is always a better experience. It always leads to a better product. A beta test is essentially you working with a small group of people. Maybe they were past clients of yours. Maybe they're people that you found through a, you know, networking group or a mastermind that you're a part of. Maybe they are potential people who want to buy it, people who've expressed interest in this product already, and you decide to offer it at a lower rate for them, or you decide to offer part of it for free or something like that to beta test the program. This is really important, like I said, because I mean, when you're so in it with a product, it's so easy to just overlook things or be like, oh yeah, I know what that means. But getting other people's feedback is super, super important. So I'll give you a couple of, of versions of this that I've done. So the first is like the trial group, basically, where I have created the course. I had one-on-one -on -one coaching clients that I said, hey, I'm creating this uh, social media management template pack or whatever. I'm going to offer it to you just for free. You've already invested in my coaching program. Tell me what you think of it before we go live with it. So that's like a very easy way. Limit it to like five people or something. And just do a little survey at the end. And then the other version is what I did for the accelerator the first time around. I actually opened it up and put it for sale, but I let people know this is the beta version of the course. You're getting it at an extremely low price. And the only thing I'm asking is one, you're gonna get the full course. I'm gonna teach it to you, the eight week program, that is yours, of course. Uh, but I'm gonna ask you some questions at the end and I would love your honest, genuine feedback. So that's how we've made the accelerator this time around, truly what I think to be like better than ever. You know, it, we've taken all of those people's feedback and, and just really improved it. So for those surveys, you can do a Google form, you can do a video interview, like on Zoom, you could do so many different things, you know, a, a HoneyBook form, I mean, whatever works for you, however you create forms in your world. And just ask questions on, you know, what was, what were your favorite parts of the course? What did you feel like it was missing? Um, do you have any like technical feedback for me? Did you have any issues playing the videos? Was, did you notice any big spelling errors, things like that? But also this is a good place to ask about pricing. Pricing digital products can be really hard. Of course, I'm going to tell you, look at what else is out there. See what digital products that are comparable are selling for. Understand where your ideal clients are at price wise. Are they you know, well-accomplished seven-figure business owners, or are they students? You know, those are gonna have two different price points, but you can also just like ask them, ask your beta testers, 
what they think this pri- this course or this product should be priced at. And I really like to use what's called the Van Westendorp's price sensitivity meter. And basically what this does, instead of saying like, how much do you think this course should be? At what point would you consider this course too expensive for you to be able to afford? At what point would you look at this course and say that price is too low, that it can't be any good? At what point would you feel like this course was, you know, priced appropriately, that kind of thing. I'll leave some more resources on that below because I'm super paraphrasing here, but that has been super effective because you get this kind of range, you know? So you'll be able to say, okay, most people said it started to look cheap at $100, so we know we got to price it over $100. Most people said it would look too expensive if it was 1,000. So that means we have this range here, this $200 to $900 range that we can kind of work with. And then we can go deeper into the data from there. We can start to do competitor analysis. We can start to like do demographic research and try to figure out how much, you know, our students or our ideal students are actually earning from their businesses and so on, right? So that's what I really like to do. Beta testing is invaluable, even if it's just one or two friends or mentors or peers that you have that can just go through it for you. I promise you, you will find mistakes, you will find gaps, they will give you great ideas, and it is just such a valuable part of the process. Okay, so next you're going to want to set sales goals. Now, to do that first, you have to decide on the price point, which I already kind of talked about. Talk to your beta testers, do competitor research, do market research. As always, that doesn't mean if everybody's offering $10 courses that I think you should offer $10 courses either, because hopefully yours is gonna be better and different and you know more in depth than that. But it'll at least give you an idea of what's selling and what's working for other people. You also need to consider value. So me offering an evergreen course, that's kind of more general. You know, the folks who are in that course don't get any one-on-one or even you know group interaction with myself or with other members of the course. While the content might be super valuable, that is a piece that's missing. That instructor time and that peer time just doesn't exist. That accountability isn't really there, right? They can buy the course and then like forget about it like I've done many times, right? It is just hanging out in your inbox and you never actually take it. So you need to price something like a cohort-based course or a live course higher. It's There's just more value in it. There's just more packed into it. You need to price it higher if they get lifetime access versus if it is is just a um, live course where they don't get access to the materials afterwards. In mine, you do get both for the record. So you get the live content, but then you also get the replays for as long as the course exists. So, you know, you've got to take value into consideration for this as well, is my point. So then from there to set your sales goals, you're just going to want to think of what your your goals are, both in your personal life and your business. You know, do you want to buy a house? you know, in the next couple of years? Do you want to build a team and hire somebody long-term or full-time? Do you want to invest in office space for you and your team? Do you want to buy a new camera so you can create more courses that are better quality? Like what are your personal and business goals? Do some math there and figure out what that's gonna be. Figure out your lifestyle needs. Are you tired of having to do all the things in your business or in your life? Do you wanna hire a nanny? Do you wanna hire a housekeeper? Like what do you want your life to look like? And then figure out how many dollars you need to be earning from this launch or monthly or whatever 
whatever to kind of set those sales goals. From there, you are going to want to start marketing and selling the product. Once you've got the feedback, you've got your sales goals, this is where it all kind of happens. So I talked about that course planner and the content planner that's kind of, you know, one of the lines in there. What you're gonna wanna do is start gearing your content in the direction of this course. So again, if I was doing a course on podcasting, I'm not for the record. I don't know what the heck I'm doing with this podcast. <laughs> I'm not very techie about this stuff, so I'm definitely not gonna be doing that. But let's just say that's what I'm doing. Well, I would make sure that I would have at least one of my three videos each week on YouTube related to podcasting in some way. Maybe I do a vlog where I take you behind the scenes of batch recording a bunch of podcasts. And then maybe I do an interview with my podcast editor. And then maybe I do a video about marketing and how I market my podcast and so on and so forth. So gear your content in that direction. If I was a TikToker trying to do a podcasting course, I would do that stuff on TikTok and so on, right? So wherever your platforms are that you're reaching people, maybe that's social, maybe that's email, maybe that's um, YouTube or podcasting or whatever it is, start to gear your content in this direction. And I usually start to sort of power up and gear up for that about 30 days in advance of when I start pre-selling. I think it's a good idea to just start warming people up. And like I said, you don't need to make all three of your weekly videos about that topic. That may be a little overkill, but you know, just kind of sprinkling it in there to get people interested and start piquing their interest a little bit. I'll often kind of start teasing on Instagram. I won't necessarily share everything that I'm thinking, but I will just sort of say like, hey, have you ever been interested in starting a podcast? What are your favorite podcasts? And just kind of start getting those conversations going to sort of warm them up. Then from there, you want to build an email list. Now, how you start building an email list, I personally love Flowdesk. That's what I use for emails. The reason I use Flowdesk is because they give you unlimited contacts and it's one price. I've used a ton of other platforms that will charge you based on number of emails you get and all this stuff. And I really like the straightforward flat fee pricing. And I do have a 50% off link, not sponsored, but I will link it in the show notes. It'll get you 50% off. So I think I pay $19 a month for Flowdesk for unlimited emails. So I love it. It really grows with me. Uh, but whatever you choose, you know, if you're totally bootstrapping, you can start with a free tool like MailerLite or MailChimp, whatever you want to do start that email list. And then here's where a lot of people get stuck. Okay, when is my list big enough to actually pull the lever and start activating and start selling to them? Well, it's really gonna go back to your sales goal. It's just math, right? And I'm not good at math. So I understand how this part is scary, but it is just math. Listen, if you say that you want to sell 50 courses, right? And you know in the past from your conversion rate and conversion rate means how many people you know, follow you or on a or on a list or on a page versus how many people actually booked or purchased or, or watched or whatever. So you should be able to look through your data in some way. Maybe you've tried to sell something before, even if it's a discovery call or even if it's a one day workshop or something, or maybe it is just based on averages that you find. Just Google like what the average conversion rate for people in your industry are if you've never tried to sell anything. So let's say that again, that goal is 50 courses and you're average conversion rate is 5%, then you need to get that email list up to about a thousand, right? Cause 5% of a thousand is actually 50. If you want to lower that to 3%, you would need, um, you would, you would sell 30, right? So if you had a list size of a thousand, 
your conversion rate was 3%, then you would be selling to 30 people. So you would need a little bit more than a thousand. We could do this math, but like I said, I'm not a math person. So yeah, you can kind of start to plug in those different equations and figure out how big your list needs to be before you can actually start selling. Now, these are just projections. Of course, things can be higher or lower depending on how good your offer is, depending on how good your email copy is, depending on the price point. I mean, if it's a higher price point, a higher ticket item, obviously probably your conversion rate's gonna be a little bit lower because you're gonna have a little bit more hesitancy on that. So keep that in mind, but that's just kind of the general place where I would start. I would just start plugging in those numbers and figuring out you know, how many um, people you need on your list to start with. Where I like to start is just like a hand raiser email. I just might start teasing, hey, I'm, releasing something for all of you aspiring podcasters out there in you know the next few months. If that's something that you're struggling with, it's that's something you're interested in, uh, just drop your email down below. I have a little one page freebie for you and it's also gonna get you on the list for whenever the new product comes out. You can drop that hand raiser email and just kind of get your inner circle. Like I'll do this on my Instagram stories. My Instagram stories, I feel like those are my closest homies. You know what I mean? If you watch all of my Instagram stories, I feel like you know me better than a lot of people now. It's kind of like my personal little diary. So I'll introduce it there. I may introduce it to the YouTube fam, which is, you know, also, you know, you guys are the VIPs. So I may just drop it in a description box here and there, things like that, just to kind of start to generate some of those super interested people. And PS, if you download that course planner, I may be sharing some news with you towards the end of the year, maybe early 2022 about creating awesome things and building businesses that are really important. So if you're interested in learning more, stay on the list. If you're not, just unsubscribe once you get your freebie, it's totally cool. And then from there, once you really like go hard with the email list, you can try multiple different tactics, right? You can try different freebies. You can try challenges. People will say, hey, we're gonna do a five-day podcasting challenge, drop your email and I'll send you prompts every single day. You could do like a free live training or something like that. You could get people onto the email list by saying, hey, you get the first lesson for free if you get on the email list. You know, you try different things depending on what your actual offer is. Maybe if it's a template pack, they get one of the templates for free by joining the email list and then you have them on the list. And then once you have your email list, then it's just time to launch. And again, launching is a very similar thing. I really like to do a live launch. I like to do a live webinar and really make a party out of it. Keep that, those vibes high, you know, by doing a live webinar. The thing with webinars is it's important to really give value away. So I'm not just saying like, hey, here's the social media management accelerator. Here's all the people that loved it, buy it. Like, no, I'm saying here's five tips to grow your social media agency. And listen, if you wanna grow it even more uh, than this webinar went into, join the accelerator. If not, if this webinar was valuable to you on its own, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you come back next year when I offer the accelerator again, you know? So that's something that you can do. And it's really important to, to reward those early purchasers. Again, I think this kind of contributes to that like party atmosphere that like keeping the vibes really high and keeping people really excited, getting them to share because your your best customers are gonna be your best salespeople. So I always do, if you join a webinar for one of my launches, you're pretty much always gonna get something on it. You're gonna get some special bonus. You're maybe gonna get one-on-one -on -one time with me. Maybe you'll get a bundle deal and you'll get another course for free 
with with your enrollment. Maybe you'll get money off, something like that. Um, what we did for the accelerator this time is we, that hand raiser email list that I mentioned to you, we gave those folks a little bit of money off of the course if they purchased early on. So that was a good way to incentivize people to purchase early, pay in full, and then they got a, a big bonus, a really nice bonus taken off of their total price and it just rewarded those early people. And then on the webinar, I also did an offer too. Now I've never done ads for my courses. I've, I'm, you know, I've, I've thrown like a couple dollars at an ad here and there, but I've never actually used this as a big part of my strategy. All of my courses have sold organically, which I'm super grateful for. I'm definitely exploring putting ad money into them for the future, just because I know that that can definitely help maximize things and take take things to the next level. But the general idea here is number one, if you don't know how to do ads, I would really recommend hiring for it. Ads are really, I don't wanna say that they're really hard, but for something as precious as your, your digital product launch, you probably want to have an expert in that driver's seat. So I would recommend interviewing people and uh, asking them for case studies, you know, seeing what they recommend. The only little bit of ads that I've done, like I mentioned in the past, has been like running ads to my followers or to people who have already been engaged with my Instagram to get them to that first level. Like, hey, join this free webinar. And then from there, I'm really doing the sales on the live webinar. So. I've tried that, I've gotten people to the webinar for sure from there, but I don't know, I just never felt like I needed to, luckily my things have always sold pretty well just by doing the organic content strategy. But like I said, definitely something that I'm open to exploring. So that is that. Okay, not too bad. I'm at 36 minutes on the timer here. I'm sure it'll be a little bit lower with editing, so that's good. But that's it, that's my launch process, my digital product process. I hope that this was helpful so far. We're gonna get into the Q&A, but first I wanna give one more shout out to the Social Media Management Accelerator. Doors are actually closing next week, I believe. I'm looking at my calendar right now. Doors are closing next week for the accelerator. So if you are a social media manager, if you are an aspiring social media manager who wants to get some hands-on practice and experience with creating content for social, learning the ropes of social media copywriting, social media graphic design, if you want a network that you can rely on, we meet bi-weekly with our small groups, we meet once in a while with the big group, there's lots of networking, there's lots of support. If that's something that you're interested in, if that's something that you've been missing, this is the last time I'll be offering it for 2021. So you might as well go ahead and get in there and doors are closing, like I said. So I will leave the link down in the show notes and description box, or you can just go to smmaccelerator.com to secure your spot. We do have payment plans available, so you can get started, secure your spot for as low as $1.99. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited to start live teaching again. You have no idea. I feel like I have so much built up energy and I just am missing that human connection. So it's gonna be, if nothing else, a whole lot of fun. So let's get into the Q&A. So this person asked, what are some of your favorite ways to warm up your audience for a course launch? So I think I kind of covered a lot of that throughout this episode. You know, like I said, just sort of leaving room, mapping out your content. 
And let's back up a little bit too and talk about that. Like, do you need a following to launch a digital product? The answer is yes and no. I'll be honest. I mean, do you need a 20,000, 30,000 follower, you know, count or whatever? No. I I sold my first courses when I probably had 3,000 on YouTube and like 1,000 on Instagram. I mean, it wasn't huge by any means. But yeah, I mean, of course, you have to have you have to build something up. You have to have somebody to sell to. Now you can sell in like Facebook groups. You can sell by advertising, using ads. That would be a good case actually for running ads. If you have no following, running ads to your freebie, running ads to your free webinar, that kind of thing. So you, you certainly can, uh, but of course it's going to be easier if you have somebody to start selling to, even if it's small. But again, I just want you to remember that bigger is not always better, right? You can have 500 Instagram followers who are super engaged and buy everything that you put out versus 50,000 who are just passively like watching you for entertainment. So bigger isn't always better, but yeah, I mean, I do think that you have to have some content strategy. At least that's what's worked for me. I can only speak to what's worked for me. Another thing though, that can be really fun and that I didn't do this time around for the accelerator just because I was honestly so busy, but for future launches of future courses, I want to do more podcast tours. I love being a guest on podcasts. It's so fun. And I never pitch myself as a guest. Um, to be honest, I've never really done that, but I definitely think that's something strategically that I should have done and that you can definitely do. If you're launching your, your course about podcasts, pitch yourself to podcasts about podcasts or podcasts about podcast communities or whatever, and say, Hey, I would love to share, you know, some value, choose one of those modules to talk about and say, this is the value I could bring to your audience. My only ask is, can you link over to my course? And, you know, same thing for whatever, whatever topic your course is about. So I think that's a really great way to leverage other audiences of communities that are already built up, especially if you have a smaller following, that's something that's on my to-do list and that I think is really smart. What else? Speaking at live events or, you know, virtual events, you can pitch yourself to like co-working spaces. You can pitch yourself to women's groups or, you know, whatever your course is about, right? If it's about women in business, pitch yourself to women's groups. If it's about corporate finance, pitch yourself to the chamber of commerce or something. I don't know, but that can be a good way as well. So, but really for me, it's always YouTube. Um, my YouTube content starts to go in the direction of my digital products while maintaining, of course, my authenticity and being, you know, still posting about whatever I want to post about, but just making sure that I'm keeping a little bit of a a good balance there, let's say. All right, I think I'm gonna wrap it up. I hope this episode was super helpful for you. Again, I'll leave that freebie link down in the description and the show notes. I'll also leave the accelerator link one week left. It's so exciting. We're starting so soon. So I'll leave that down below as well. And I hope you all have a fantastic day. I will talk to you next Friday for a new episode. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Show notes for this episode are available at latashajames.com slash podcast and contain all of the links I may have mentioned today, as well as an invitation to join my private Facebook group, the Freelance Friday Podcast Community. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.